new camera. So ideally I, you know, I'm very gray and black to begin with. And we were also live. <laughs> yes, I see that. Of course, it did not post the twit to uh, Twitter. It said, failed to post the tweet, invalid or expired token. Whatever the crap that means. Hmm. But, hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Infinite Journeys, our first ever live edition of the podcast. If you are stopping by Twitch, which nobody is right now, but they might be eventually. <laughs> We're going to start doing live episodes each week, I guess. It might be hit or miss. There may be some weeks where we decide we don't want to go live, but for right now, we're doing our first live stream of the show. I thought it would be kind of fun for us to do to get our audience more involved with the show. As always, I am joined by the other host. I used to say the co-host, but the other host with the most, Asher, <laughs> is with me tonight. It, it is uh, wild because I'm I'm watching it on Twitch also, just kind of see how things are going. Right. And the delay there, like you're talking and I'm just like stark still. I'm like, I'm moving around, you know? So is it the delay was... on the Twitch? Is it like an audio delay? No. Well, okay. I actually, um, cause it could be my bit rate. No. Okay. Our audio is, is fine. Oh my um, goodness. What just happened? What'd you do? I had like, I have double on my, on my live stream right now and I have no idea how to fix it. Do you have Twitch <laughs> open? No. Okay, I was going to say drop the volume on Twitch. Drop the volume? Yeah, like because I have Twitch open on my other screen. So I, I'm seeing us here and there. Uh, all I care about is are you seeing one? Are you seeing one of us? Are you seeing double of us? <laughs> That's fine. No, no. My, I... my Streamlabs is literally showing two windows of us. Yeah, no, Twitch looks fine. It's like mirroring us. Okay, whatever. Uh, today, we're going to do an old school episode, really. Like, it's going to be kind of what we've been playing. And then, Asher, you had the choice of the lore pick this week. And you chose, uh, what was it, Elden Ring lore implications for the new DLC. Yeah, it, it's more speculative lore at this point. There'll be a little bit of lore I cover uh, still in regards to what's actually happened. But, you know, what's coming with the DLC, so... Yeah, that'll most likely be towards the end because I've got plenty to say about what I've been playing this week. And, uh, of course, we've got our News Gone Wild. Oh, that's a, nice. that's a first the first live edition of News Gone Wild. That's true. Which is kind of cool. And I just I already lost one of them. This is really off to a great start right now. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll just assume that that one was about a ghost and it just dematerialized. I actually think it was. See, I'm serious. Like, I think it with. had something to do. I'm pretty sure it did have something to do with a ghost. Mm -hmm. It was like talking about shooting down a ghost airplane somewhere. <laughs> that sounds like something out of a heavy metal movie. Let's see. Here it goes. Brazilian Navy says it will sink ghost aircraft carrier at sea. At high sea. I should say. All right. Now somebody's high. For sure. If they're shooting at a ghost carrier ship. Okay, what are they going to do if it starts, like, firing back? That's a fair point. I don't know. Will the bullets actually impact, or will they just go through whoever they're shooting at? The, well, if it's a ghost, they would go through. Yeah, I would assume it would. Here we go. AI uncovers unknown play by Spanish great in library archive. Interesting. 
Argentine cornfield planted with face of World Cup winner Messi? Messi? I don't know. I don't know who that is, but that's pretty entertaining. Is it's basically like um uh what would that be? Um like mosaic and street art meets uh uh crop circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. What else have we got? Psychic and investigators search for missing cat in Bolivia. Or it, hmm. says, it says psychic and investigators and it says search for missing cat captivates Bolivia. I'm guessing because they're using psychics. Ah, yeah. Uh, they usually pull good media attention. I don't yeah, for know sure. how well a psychic finds a cat. That's a fair point. Like, How are they connecting to the cat? Yeah, and like, is that their realm? Like, can they, can they do anything with felines? I don't know. I actually do not have any clue on that. Like, if they do it with cats, can they do it with like any animal? Like, could they like reach out and try to find somebody's like missing gerbil? I would assume. I mean, unless they're going to go the route of, oh, they're not intelligent enough and then. You don't want to start that can of worms. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Could they? Well, they could. Well, they talk to ghosts. So can they talk to animal ghosts? Or can they only talk to people? Well, I guess if it's a, myth... yeah. How well, are they if, gonna? Re... I don't know how. To... If it's a psychic, they could be doing it through. Um, there, there's a uh, a term for it. Uh, psychometry. It's basically where you hold an item. And you can tell it's past. So, like, if they have the cat's mm. collar, they can hold it and be like, oh, I recognize this alleyway. But, again, that only works if you have, like, clues going up to it and stuff. And whether or not any of this actually works, you know? Yeah, they have, like, a piece of the cat's fur or something. Right, right. Florida woman unboxes 13 pieces of luggage after Delta Airlines damages her suitcase. It says I was crying <laughs> laughing, but... Say, damage your suitcase and then send her 13 bags of luggage. Huh. I wonder. Okay. So, I'm either that is she did an unboxing video, like quote unquote unboxing. Probably because it was on TikTok. Right. Of the stuff that they set. So, it's either her broken luggage, like her actual, like, you know, suitcase damaged, or they couldn't send the suitcase for some reason because it was so damaged. So, they just stuffed what they had in different boxes. Yeah, it says they sent her 13 pieces of luggage to replace her one damaged suitcase. Oh, okay. So they, they bought her a whole luggage set because, you know, people with money don't understand anything. Yeah, so they just sent her everything. Kansas boy finds rare pink grasshopper while hunting for bugs in his family's yard. That's pretty cool. I wonder if it's a, like an albino um, uh, relation because... They, you know, have you know pink eyes and everything, and I don't know how oh, insects oh. really do albinism. He's named the grasshopper Pinky. Ah, Choosing what to order is hard. Oh, Choosing my which credit card goodness. you shouldn't be hard. That probably actually got caught on the live stream. <laughs> it's a stupid ad. <laughs> you know, it probably did because it, it, I never catched on Zoom. Um, hold on, let me pop. I'm betting. No, don't it. hold on. Keep going. Because I have uh, the desktop uh, audio playing, I am betting that it uh, right. It just freaking scared <laughs> the crap out of me. And I was just so, about to do my... Oh, the, there's a picture of it. 
I, I was just about oh, to I'm warn you too sharing. that if you screen share it, I don't know what it's going to do at this point. Yeah, so. I don't want to risk it. <laughs> I don't and that'll be the, the time share. there'll be some kind of like lewd ad or something on the screen. That's all the time. Well, right now I'm on Fox News. Is surprisingly no. that's where I got the weird news today, which I never go here for it. Well, I assume everything on Fox is weird news. America's strangest alligator encounters. Nope, that's something interesting. Here we go. Louisiana woman arrested after police find meth and puppies inside ice cream truck. Well, I mean, if, you know, the ice cream doesn't pull customers, puppies and meth. I mean, you got <laughs> something for everybody there. Yeah, for sure. An Arizona, an Arizona grandmother's M&M themed funeral casket goes viral. Somebody was a big um, fan of M&M's, I guess. Hopefully it didn't melt when they were carrying it to the uh, grave, you know, because it's not supposed to melt in your mouth or melt in your hand. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. If your casket or anything in the casket is melting in your mouth, you may have a problem. <laughs> well, somebody does. Somebody's having a good time. Uh, woman accidentally eats heart-shaped potato chip worth over $120,000. Who? Who says it's worth that much? Somebody in England. <laughs> because, like, I've eaten all kinds of different shaped potato chips. Let me tell you about all the potato chips I've eaten. And uh, I don't think contest. anyone... Oh, to find it? Yeah, to find it. Oh. She accidentally ate it. So it'd be like if Charlie ate the golden ticket along with the candy bar. Yeah, a contest launched by Walker's, which is a British snack food company. Well, I mean, you sell chips, and then you put a chip in a chip bag and said, hey, don't eat that one chip. Yeah, look for the heart shape. And uh, she found the heart shape, but she ate it. <laughs> I would have, too. Yeah. And in other news, a Florida canine stops theft of rare and endangered orchids at State Park. Isn't the orchid a tree? No, I don't believe so. I think okay, it's, it's a insect. flower. No, that's a flower. I think I was thinking, okay, let's not do this again because it's going to play another ad. I think I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking of an orchard, which is like a bunch yes. of trees. <laughs> yes, I think that was why I got confused. I think that's all I got, Asher. I don't have any other, any other pages open. So, all right. Well, that's the show, folks. We'll see you next time. Oh, wait. <laughs> Infinite Journeys is now just news gone wild for ten minutes. Right, right. Which would probably be good on YouTube, but maybe not for a live stream. Yeah, that's true. That's the shorter true. videos on YouTube usually last a while. We want to get into what we've been playing, because for me, it's, well, it was Marvel's Midnight Suns until something else came out, and now it's been nonstop there. Well, and uh, Midnight Suns is what you were playing last time, too, so that's carried over through, Yeah, which is, it, it's and almost unusual for you, you know? Usually you get dethroned before we get to the next episode. Yeah, usually, but I am still, I'm still going back to that in between getting angry at the game I'm currently playing, which is, well, long right. fallen dynasty. <laughs> Right, which that had a uh, a demo out like what? Yeah, a, I played a, that a couple days before the release. It, well, no, it was a week before. Was it okay? It just seemed really close. It seemed odd to me. Yeah, because I played the demo a week before it came out, and then bought it the day it came out, the full game. So anybody that is familiar with the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, um, the uh, Peach Garden Oath, uh, the Dynasty Warriors games, will definitely recognize a lot of the characters and the names and stuff from those things oh, in Wolong. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's it's all 
Uh, so some of it is historical. Some of it is a book that was written, you know, way back when. So right. all these characters exist within those things. Uh, so the one you really struggled with, which I'll let you get to that in a moment, is a big deal. Like he is a big player throughout, you know. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's really exciting to see this in a, I mean, in a format that it's not normally in, you know. Let's be honest. I've struggled with a lot. Like each each boss fight I get to, it tends to take me two or three tries before I like either put the control. Well, I wouldn't say put the controller down because by the third try, I'm usually getting it. It's a it mm-hmm. is like a skill based system where once you learn to deflect their critical attacks, I do like that when somebody is attacking you with like a critical attack, it'll flash like the red dot will show up on the screen, so you know oh you. But you still have to kind of time it perfectly, and I'm still struggling yeah. a little bit with a lot of that. I get hit a lot in this game, so I've been putting most of my level ups towards uh, hit points. But I found the way to basically make the game way easier is by making sure that your morale is at twenty five. Like, because it's it's more. It seems like it's open open for each level, but it's like level based. So each time you go to the next section of the game after like a cutscene or a boss, your morale starts back at zero. It's stage based. Yeah, stage based. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's so, a level. That's like the same thing. No, I understand. <laughs> but you you actually level up in the game too. It's got a lot of RPG yeah, you elements. You level up like an like an Elden Ring or a From Software game, where you put the, towards your health or your deflect or your wizardry spells. Like it's I think very a large similar. portion of this episode is going to end up being Wolong long talk because while I may not have actually played the game, I know a lot about the characters and I've been watching a lot of people play. So like. We're, I think we're going to have a lot more back and forth than we normally do when it's a game that like you've played, but I haven't kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's fine by me because I don't have any history with dynasty warriors, like you were saying. So if you have mm-hmm. any background on people, that'll be cool oh, for yeah. me to hear. I'll be up. Uh, this just turned into a whoa, long lore episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe whoa, long lore versus Elden ring lore implications or whatever. I think we said we were going to name it something weird. On the title, some something like it. We'll we'll get there. Elden Ring is fitting into the title no matter what, so we can gain that audience back. <laughs> right. From last year. Oh, something we never mentioned is February fourteenth was our one year anniversary of Infinite Journeys, and we never even brought it up on the podcast. Well, I think we were too busy with our guests at the time, weren't we? Most likely, I think we yeah. were. And I I like I forgot about it, and then uh, Opinionated Luscious was on the Discord talking about how they just recorded their anniversary episode, and I was like, oh yeah, our anniversary was like last month and we never even talked about it or celebrated it or anything on the podcast. Right. <laughs> so that's just how that goes. Maybe when we get to our second year anniversary, we'll be on top of it. But yeah, what long, I think what's cool about it is like I was saying, it's more your level kind of counts if you want like more hit points and stuff, but really the morale is what really counts. You want your morale to get as high as possible, which is 25 on each stage. If you get to your morale at stage 25, everything becomes like infinitely easier because your, your damage output is way higher. You're doing like way more damage. You can take more hits and stuff like that. So like, I didn't know that at first I was just kind of running through wondering why I was dying a lot. And I saw somebody on YouTube recommend trying to get to morale like 25. And -hmm. ever since I did that, like the first three bosses, I just kind of like smoked through them after like, does that uh, affect your ally at all? Because you can have someone join yeah, you they in have, battle. Your allies have a morale rank as well. Okay. At least I'm pretty sure it's a morale rank. Because they either have a morale... I don't know if it's a morale rank or a level. 
because I think mm. a lot of them are like I think they're level thirty seven, which is what my level is. But then they'll right. have they'll have the little morale circle above them. So a lot of times when I pull them in, they're the, they're whatever morale rank I am. Oh, okay. But I'll get up to right like morale rank twenty five, and they'll still be like twenty one or twenty three. And yeah, you can pull it, in two people at at the same time to help you. Okay, okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah, it's nice in a lot of sections except for boss fights, because like when boss, I think it's my ADHD. Whenever I get to big boss fights and there's too much going on, mm-hmm. it just royally screws me up, which is what really messed me up with Zhang Rang, who I'm gonna say is more like Zhang Wang because I really don't like that douche. <laughs> the problem with that guy is he creates like multiple copies of himself. And he, you have to, it's almost, it's kind of similar. I know there's that one, there one, uh, that girl in Elden Ring, right? Was it, she has all the copies of herself and you're like fighting them to kind of draw her out. And then you fight her. She's at the, the wizard academy area. Oh, uh, she summons. Yeah. She she summons, uh, uh, spirits. Yeah. uh, Spirits. And he kind of does that, but he does multiple versions of himself. And the problem is, like, I'm trying to focus in on him because, obviously, he's the big boss. He's the one I want to take out. But while I'm doing that, he's a mage, so he's casting spells at me, and then they're all using weapons and attacking me at the same time. So I actually uploaded a video on YouTube of me finally defeating him, which I think is up now for anybody who wants to check that out. It's on Tony Z Plays YouTube. It's called Revenge on Zhang Rang. I don't even know if that's... I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name because I've heard all kinds of names in this game and gotten confused by him, so... That's one I'm not familiar with, so I couldn't say. He could be um, specific to the game then. He's uh, like maybe. a corrupt. He's like a corrupt uh, political eunuch. They made sure to point out that he's a eunuch. Yeah, that that's not uncommon. Yeah, they made sure to point that out, and yeah, that's basically what he does. He's like casting spells at you. He has a weapon, and then all of his copies have weapons. They're not too hard to take down, but when he summons like thirty of them at one time, it's a lot harder to get around. <laughs> Because I'm like, okay, listen, I can deflect like one or two attacks from a couple people, but when there's this many people at one time and they're all coming at me, I cannot deflect everybody's attack. Right. Yeah. Plus, if you deflect too much, it'll eventually like break through your guard or whatever. It's got a lot of similarities to uh, Sekiro or uh, even Mortal Shell in that aspect. Yeah. Is that you can't just, it's not just about the dodge roll, it's about your parry and your deflect mechanics as well. And you yeah. really need to time those and take advantage of those. Yeah, I like the parrying, but I do have a problem because the parrying is kind of just like moving your thumbstick in a direction and just tapping. I'm playing on PS5, so you tap circle mm. and it deflects. But if you tap circle twice, you dodge. And I have a problem mm. with it, like dodging instead of deflecting when I want it to. Yep. And I always get hit and it just ticks me off sometimes. No, I get that. I mean, realistic, like overall, I love the game. Like, it's a lot of fun to play, and I'm like, oh, I'm having an easier time with this than any, like, from software game, which obviously it's not from software. I think the people that made this also made the Neo games. Yes, it is uh, Neo. It's, yeah, it's it's basically Neo with a Romance of the Three Kingdoms skin over it. Yeah, and I have both of the, I have the Neo 2 remastered. I bought that as well, and I played it briefly, and it was way harder than this one. I was able to pick and- up on this one a lot faster. I, I'm going to make this mistake at some point, so I'm going to get out in front of it for first. Um I keep almost saying War of the Roses instead of, you know, uh, Three Kingdoms. Right. And that's a whole different thing. Oh, geez, so, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if I say that, just understand that I absolutely know 
that it is a totally different thing, a totally different part of the world. So <laughs> that's funny. Yes, yeah, so far there's that Zangrang, like I said, I struggled with him about I don't know, maybe I think it took me about an hour total, maybe, to finally get him, just because and it was more it wasn't even him. It was all the stupid copies that kept doing me in. Right. Like I'd be whittling down his health and then like one of his copies would stab me in the back and like both my allies would go down and like there's like a delay there when you try to hit aid. So of course every time you're trying to hit aid to get him back up, you're you get attacked. Right. And it almost gets me killed every time. So there's been some battles where I just choose to not summon any allies and I'll just go into the boss fight on my own and think, well, at least it's one on one and I can like kind of gauge a little better. There's not so much going on on the screen. That's a lot of the argument against uh, summoning friends for uh, Dark Souls fights is because then you don't know who the boss is going to attack. Yeah. When you're the only one there, you know, okay, he's charging this up. It comes at me from the left. I roll through it, you know? Right. So it's understandable. Sometimes you can't do those fights with an ally. Sometimes yeah, you can't. And then, and then some of the bosses will like, they'll shoot something or whatever, and it'll be a, an area of effect, really. Like, it'll just go mm-hmm. after all of you. And yep. yet, what's cool is you can deflect pretty much every attack. So even like archer arrows, anything like that, you can deflect it. And some boss fights, it's kind of cool, or some like animals will like shoot something at you, and then you'll deflect it, and it'll send it right back at them. Yes. And then usually when it does that, that'll give them one of the stuns and let you hit your critical attack, which is obviously my favorite thing to do when I hit a critical because that just takes whittles down their health a lot faster. And like uh, I said, if you're if you're at morale twenty five, a good critical hit could like decide the fate of the battle for you. Like you right. could be dying and you hit one of those and then like you're like, Oh, I actually stand a chance now. Now are those the more cinematic attacks, like where you yeah. do like a whole like flip and stab and kick and stuff like that? Yeah, it's it all looks part really of like cool. a, a cutscene almost. Yeah, it looks yeah. really cool. And I'm using dual like hook swords. Okay. So my guy kind of like stabs them, then it kind of like jumps off of them in the air and then comes back down and stabs them. Yeah, the fact that you get equipment from a enemies lot. and you can get different weapons and everything, uh, that really hooks me. That That's what got me into Dark Souls 3 originally. Uh, well, I'd play Bloodborne, and I, there's loot and stuff, but right. like, there's not a lot. And your armor, it's all for show, which is nice, because I like to be able to look how I want to look and not have to be like, well, I need to wear this because it's the best. Yeah, And then Dark Souls and the Elden Ring, I kind of could do that same thing. I really like that you can do that in this game. You can pick the weapons you want, the yeah, armor and you, you can, want. Yeah, you carry two at a time, and then you also get, like, uh, so you carry two melee weapons, and you can carry uh, two different ranged weapons as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, your, like, you have your ranged weapons, but then you also have, like, an item weapon. So, like, throwing knives, firebombs, like, that has a section, too. Right. And it, so you switch... You, I think you hold like one of the triggers and go left or right, and that switches between your bows, your firebombs, your throwing knives. So like whatever, I th- maybe it's four actually, four ranged weapons. It's so like when I run out of ammo for one, I'll switch to another one and try to use that. And then it's up and down. You hold it down and go up or down to switch out your weapons for your melee right. weapons. I rarely ever switch to weapons though. Like I'm, unless I feel like maybe I need to switch to the secondary weapon, which I think is some kind of chaos sword I have. Both, I think they're both like rank four. They're like four star weapons right now and then i have the buy the buy who armor set that you got if you originally i think it was up to it if you buy the game within a certain amount of time you get the buy who armor set and then you get that and then you get like a crouching tiger dragon helmet thing which i've just been wearing the whole time and of course i didn't realize until earlier tonight that this entire time that i've been playing the game i have not upgraded any of that armor 
<laughs> so I like finally upgraded it, and of course, in the guy that I'm struggling against, it does not matter how far I upgraded that armor. I'm just getting slaughtered. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, oh, so this is what they were warning me about. Yeah, because I listen. It's, it's I listen... got a lot of those systems that I like, like you're talking about. Uh, but it's that parry system that throws me off, you know. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like most of the stuff, you can see it coming, and you can, as long as you get your timing right, you probably have a breeze. But I just struggle. Like I said, I struggle more with single enemies. I tend to be okay. I struggle with the big enemies with the large sweeping attacks because it's mm-hmm. like a multiple attack. So like a dude with a hammer will swing it around like four or five times and like I'll deflect right. maybe the first one, but like I cannot deflect every single one. So I end up getting hit by them almost every time. That's right. where I like having some of the other like allies in because they can distract him. And while he's fighting them, I'll attack him from behind usually and then when they stun him i'll hit my critical attack those guys get on my nerves some really cool different creature elements in this like i've it's been a a wide array of different types of enemies and each time you encounter one of like the big new ones it's absolutely a terrifying experience (laughs) like the first time you go and you're like morale five and then you see this giant tiger that's like morale 20 you're like, oh dear, I don't want to fight this thing which most of the time you can avoid it for a little while and then come back to it but it does not matter like I said, it makes it easier, but they're still doing the same amount of damage that they'd be doing if you were level one. So you still okay. have to be very careful because you could be morale twenty five and still get taken out by something that's a freaking morale tw- like ten uh, if you're yeah. not careful enough. Because some of these sense. enemies hit those critical attacks and it'll be like whoa, 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 like a bunch of slashes, like these tigers. They have a critical slash, but then they have one where their arms just go at you like four times, and then they jump in the air and snack you again. And, like, somehow I I can only ever deflect, like, one of those three swipes. And then the third one or whatever one hits me, stuns me, and then he automatically gets the jump attack on me because I can't break out the stun. So those guys are freaking annoying. My favorite thing I did was when I got to the current area, I think, which is stage four, which is, like, the battlefields or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're going after somebody whose name is Dong. (laughs) Dong something. Uh, Dong Zhuo? Yeah, Dong Zhuo. All I got out of it was that his name was Dong, and I was like... Villain named Dong. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's a big mean dude. And I haven't got to him yet because I'm struggling with. Well, I don't want to get to him just yet, but yeah, there's a section of that battlefield where you can use the ballistas, and if you kill like five enemies with a ballista, you'll get a trophy on PS5. Oh, nice. So I did that right away, and then there was one that was one of those tigers. I stalled off the way and shot it right in the head with the ballista and just killed it. And I was like, yes, I don't have to fight this thing now. Yeah, I always love that. And then there was. There was one, I think it was the third stage. Each stage is a completely different experience, which is really cool. Like one of the stages is like, is like a wooded area and there's like some like, there's like a river running through it and you've got, bam- okay. it's like a bamboo forest. So you got to like cut down some of the bamboo to get some of the spots. And that's when you, you, and then with the, I think with the first couple areas is more like a large, like desert kind of scape and you're going through mm-hmm. like burned down villages and stuff like that. So, like, overall, like, the landscapes, I think, are the coolest part of it. And now the one I'm on now is just a straight-up battlefield. And then eventually eventually you get to, like, a hidden village thing, which is kind of like a hub station where you're safe there. And that's where (laughs) the girl that you get introduced to that upgrades your weapons, I kind of... I like that today, for the first time, I went to one of my battle flags. You have mini battle flags and then big battle flags. But each one you do increases your fortitude. Which is good, because the higher your fortitude, whenever you die, your morale goes back, but it will only go to your fortitude. It won't drop below your fortitude. 
Okay. So if you if say you're like rank twenty five and your fortitude is twenty, then when you die, you'll just default back to twenty. You won't like default all the way back down to like say morale five. <laughs> Very nice. So it's good to kind of try and get all of those battle flags and try to get your fortitude up, so that way, obviously, that when you die, you don't lose as much, especially if you're dying a lot, like I kind of am. I found that I was dying a lot more on basic enemies at first than I was on actual boss fights. <laughs> Because the boss fight, I just got it. Most of the boss fights until Zhang, whatever the heck I said his name was. I totally got to that guy. Most of the boss fights were just a single person that I was having to take on. Right. And a lot of them, once you're, once you're morale 25 and you get into them, I think the highest I've seen the bosses get to yet is morale 20. They haven't gotten higher than a morale of 20. Okay, so if you're okay. if you're morale 25, you're like a five, five levels of morale higher than them and you're doing a lot more damage with your attacks and stuff like that and then you can like i said you can upgrade your weapons and uh, obviously like your and then you have like different different uh upgrade trees don't uh, don't just give you the wizard like they'll unlock wizard spells there's like there's like a a fire tree or like a wood tree and they affect your stats in different ways so like the most of mine i think are into the either the earth or the fire one because that's my hit points so I put like I have like twenty something in that, and then I started focus like doing the other ones, and then they open up this whole other thing of like wizard spells that you can use. I assume each of those is based off of one of the elements: uh, earth, fire, wind, water, they wood. Are and... and aren't because okay. I have some from from like different categories, but the ones I mostly use like there's one that uh, increases. Like I've been mostly focusing on one that gives me stat boost in battle. So okay. there's there's one that'll increase your uh how fast that your divine beast gauge uh fills up and divine beast is like a big monster that you can summon that'll each there's like you get different ones for each oath you get from one of the different characters because as you start okay. in the game you get one character for each stage that joins you automatically okay and then whenever you get an oath with one of them they give you like a new divine beast that you can kind of factor between them the one i've been using right now is like a tiger because it'll actually shows it'll come into battle and fight with me so okay. that thing has come in clutch on a lot of my boss fights because that thing does some pretty good damage so it'll like whittle down their health and distract them for like a few seconds or whatever and give me a breather so yeah i mean it's highly evolved as you can see this whole episode is probably to turn into <laughs> into well long Dude. fall and dynasty but do you remember who you got the tiger from I do not. It's the most recent one. It's whoever was the one for the third stage. I also can't remember. I wish I could remember the name of the Divine Beast. Hmm. I could probably look it up. Because um, th there's a, a, a character they refer to as the Tiger of wherever he's from. And that's uh, Sun Jian. Let's see. The one I have... And then uh, he he has a couple of um, he has two sons uh, Sun Se and uh, Sun Quan. Whoa, there's like so apparently there's a lot. It's got to be a I want to say it's a fire one. Let's see. Yeah, it's the one I got from the. F I don't know if I got it from that one or the Tyrant's Final Banquet. I don't think I got to that. I think it's whatever one I got when I beat the eunuch. Oh, okay. Let's see. I wish I could see a picture of what the actual divine beast itself looked like, and then I would tell you for sure. If it is that one, Zuki. Zuki? <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Zhao Si? 
It's uh, Z-H-U-Q-U-E. Uh, I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't say anything about it being a tire. A, a tire? A tiger. <laughs> you just summon a big flaming tire that rolls through the battlefield? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's actually... Yeah, I don't know. I'm lost now. Okay. I should have I should have looked at it closer before I before I got on. Well, there there's a lot of names that are very similar. So yeah, well, I'm annoyed because I like looked it up what the divine beasts were, but it's not showing any pictures of them. I just know it's like a tiger. Okay, it's Baihu. I see it right now. Metal element. Okay. So you so it's Baihu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either. I thought say. it would tell me who gave it to me, but it doesn't, which is kind of weird. You might be able to, they might either be random or you might be able to get them from multiple places. So, well, what it does is like after you finish one of those boss fights, whichever character is with you, um, whatever character is with you, it says blah, 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 gave you their divine beast by who or whatever. Like it says that on the, uh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wanted to tell you, but it, really, okay. it just well, doesn't want to tell me. We'll figure it out, because I got a feeling you're going to be playing this one for a while. You played well, Elden Ring it's... for a lot longer than you were going, you thought you were going to, so. Yeah. Okay, what does it say here? Players can expect to meet... Whatever. I don't... <laughs> I give up. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many... I wanted to say it was like Sun... Sun Juon? Juon? Oh Sun Juan, yeah, that he's he's known as the Tiger of, and I can't remember what. Okay, province it's probably from. him then, because if yeah. he goes by the Tiger, he's probably the one I got it from. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I've been using most, uh, most right now. So I'm just gonna get out of that before we spend an entire like hour of me just trying to figure out what the name of people are. That's not gonna work. Yeah, Sun John is like the head of one of the big like three factions. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a, I just have trouble pronouncing the names. So like I can picture their faces. And like each what's cool because the different characters that you can bring into the battle all have their own like fighting style too. Yep. And they all have their own stats. Like one gives you increased hit points or one gives you reduced damage. And I usually I, like to pair those two together. I was curious to see uh some of uh uh the, the characters show up to see if they had their unique style that I'm used to. Oh, hey, hello, Jess. Jess from Opinionated Lunches. <laughs> Hope um, you're doing well tonight. Uh, Zhao Yun, who is like the uh, uh, title character for like Dynasty Warriors 3. He's a big like spear user and horseman, and that's how he is in the game. Or uh, Liu Bei, who uh, all the Dynasty Warriors games, he's a dual swordsman. So Jess uh, says she just finished recording, so she's buzzed as usual. <laughs> Well, do you wait for a recording for that, or is that just kind of like a Tuesday night kind of thing? Oh, I should go grab one, too. I've got a uh, an American fruit tart. Here's what I'm drinking. Make yeah. sure you stay hydrated out there, audience. Yeah. I mean, I've got my coffee right now. Yeah, I had that earlier today. I've been drinking these. Uh, Duncan, holy crap. Opinionated Luscious records three times a week. Jess is very busy. I mean, we would be busy, too, if I didn't have a full-time job Monday through Friday. I'd probably be like, let's just record every day. I don't care. <laughs> and then I'd get worn out real quick, which is what used to happen with the YouTube. No, I can understand. So, speaking of, you were talking about the guy that runs around on a horse. Mm-hmm. 
you, you, ran, in, <laughs> you ran into the man on the horse. Lubo! What so, have you done to me? There's a classic line where a character says, do not pursue Lubu. Yes, you know what? It's funny. I listened to uh, Lord Cognito. He does Iron Lord's podcast and also Defining Duke, which is the Xbox podcast, a part of uh, Last Stand Media, alongside like, mm-hmm. Sacred Symbols. I listen to their podcast every week. And uh, they were talking about Will Long, and he was saying, don't pursue Lubu, because you're going to find out. Yeah. yeah, I found out tonight for about an hour and a half before this show, and I still have yet to defeat this dude. Yeah, so uh, he shows up pretty early in most of the Dynasty Warriors games, and you are not ready for him whatsoever. And then uh, even when he shows up like later on in games, especially ones that have like um, uh, where the characters can power up, like he can be dealt with. But if he powers up, you run. It doesn't matter what level you are because he's just a monster. That's how he is in uh, well, Long right now. I'm yes. telling you, he starts off on his freaking horse. Ah, uh, so red hair. Part- Yep, he says that too. Yeah, that, that's the that horse's name. So that okay. horse, red hair, continues on after you defeat uh, Lu Bu, and he's like vanquished. The horse ends up in uh, Sao Sao's uh, um, not ownership. Like it, he has the horse, but he can't like do much with it. I'm glad and you he... said that because I've heard that name pronounced two different ways in the game: Cow Cow or I've Sao heard... Sao. Yeah, Sao Sao or whatever, and then Chow Chow. Yeah, I swear I, I, they said Chow Chow. <laughs> it's probably a regional thing with it, but it, it, you know, it was just weird meeting to me him. because the first time I heard it, I heard Chow Chow, and then like it went to like one of the cutscenes later, and it said what you said. It it so also it was, could be the voice actors that you know yeah, were scripting know. it. That so, um, but he also ends up with um, Guan Yu who is one of Liu Bei's men. Okay, know? that's one of the guys I've been using regularly. Yeah, Guan Yu, Zhang Fei, and Liu Bei make a Peach Garden Oath together, saying that they will not fall until they all fall. You yeah, know? two of them I wondered if they were brothers, because on one of the stages, you just automatically get both of them with you, because Liu Bei is injured. Yeah, um, I don't know if... Um... So it's Zhang Fei and Guan Yu, and there's some debate whether or not they're actually brothers or if they've okay. just been like, we're not blood brothers. Yeah. And then they bring Liu Bei into the whole thing, right? I usually but, factor those two in together because one is the one of them is the one that reduces the damage you take by a certain percentage, like three percent or something like that. I'm okay. like, I'll take all the reduced damage I can get in this freaking game. <laughs> right, right. Um so it ends up like uh, Zhang Fei loses his life, like defending um, someone's, I think, Liu Bei's retreat. Like he holds a bridge against like an army kind of thing, right? Holy crap, yeah. And um, Liu Bei ends up falling and Guan Yu ends up with uh, Cao Cao. And when this happens shortly after, uh, Guan Yu and Red Hair find out that they like get along really well and Red Hair becomes his horse. And Guan Yu is like the next Wu Bu, basically. Like he, he's, I think he's referred to as the god of war a lot of times throughout oh, that, nice. like mythology. Uh, but he, he is a monster as next, well. So. Next god of war game, they restart and do a crossover with Dynasty Warriors. Uh, that would like, actually be pretty cool. Funny. I think it actually, like after you said that, I was like, that would actually be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I think so. that's what they're planning. I think, I think this one ended it. Well, they may do a third one. I don't know. But I think this was supposed to be the end of the story in Ragnarok. And then whatever they do next, I think is going to be a new a new pantheon. So uh, this one could be ripe for that. That could be pretty cool. 
we'll have to see where they go because uh, I think uh, I think that God of War horse has been ridden pretty hard and pretty long. So yeah, they need to wait a while, a good yeah. bit of time. Let it sit and rest and like build up the hype to where people want a new one again and then bring mm-hmm. it back. Don't do one of these things that a lot of companies do where they just constantly release games and I'm just like, I can't get hype anymore. <laughs> but yeah, Lubu, like the first, I can get through the first part of the fight now because I've mm-hmm. like, I've got, I'm like, okay, he does this attack, Reed stabs his sword into the ground and leaps in the air. And I, if I deflect that, then I start attacking. And it, basically, what you're trying to do in the first stage is knock him off of red hair. Yep. And that is when I get absolutely freaking destroyed. <laughs> so does red hair running around you in circles yes. like mess with you? No. Oh, okay, okay. It just runs around in circles while Homeboy suddenly gets all fire attacks. Yeah. That just completely freaking annihilate me. Like, he does this one attack where he sh- jumps way in the air and, like, slams down into the ground. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I hit deflect, dodge. It hits me every time. And, like, that one attack takes, like, all my health down. So I immediately have to, like, try and clutch and, like, drink a potion. He shoots, right. like, fire arrows out. He shoots fire spells. His sword's on fire. So even when I use, like, the anti... There's something I could... I ate something that would... It was, like, become impervious to fire damage for a certain amount of time. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, this'll help. Bam! Killed instantly with the fire attack. And I'm like, I thought this was supposed to make me impervious to fire damage. Nice. I, mean, I, was, I was like, I guess it doesn't matter because he's just so powerful. And it's ridiculous because when I went into the fight with him the first time, like I said, I had my morale at 25, which is the best option. And his morale is set at 20. Right. So, like, I should have been. And I felt like none of my attacks, even at morale 25, were just, like, not doing anything to him. Well, at least not while I was on a horse. And that's because you're basically taking the horse down. Yes. And then you could do damage. But it's, like, near impossible to get close to this guy because he's swinging his thing around, doing these crazy combo attacks, critical attacks, and fire explosion. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I struggled for about an hour and a half before the podcast, and I was like, I can't wait to rant on this. Yeah, he, he totally has his iconic, like, uh, double crescent spear. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a halberd of some sort, Yeah, and it's on fire. A pole arm, yeah. He's got his, uh, I always call him antenna, but he's got, like, these two long plumes that come up out of the top and give him uh, a beetle-like appearance, almost. Yeah, and then, uh, like, when he's riding on the horse, he shoots he shoots some arrows out and they, they fan out. So it's kind of yeah. like a fan of like multiple arrows. And I'm usually able to deflect those. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's about to do this. I kind of figured the horse part I've got, I've kind of figured out like all of his moves, what he's going to do. There's only one that I haven't timed the deflection yet. And it's when he charges straight at you. And every time I hit it, but I hit it at the wrong time and I still get hit and half my health is gone. <laughs> okay. But whenever he does the one where like I'm far enough away and he jumps in the air, I've gotten that timing. Perfect. So I kind of am able to deflect him there and that takes the horse down for like a second and that lets you get like a bunch of hits in and you have to do that like two or three times and that's how you knock him off the horse. But yeah, like I said, once he's off that horse, I haven't, I've done maybe gotten him to half health. Yeah. He's, he's like one of the like pinnacle martial like heroes, you know, because he's an excellent horseman. He's an excellent archer and he's just an absolute beast. You know, like he was a big dude, a, a, like muscular, like uh, not like quite guts from like Berserk where he's swinging such a big weapon one handed. But like, right. That halberd is definitely bigger than most people, you know? Yeah, that so. thing is 
I was just like, oh my goodness, this guy is the overpowered boss of this game, which originally was the first boss you encounter, which was like right in the freaking prologue, because that guy was ridiculous mm-hmm. too. Because at that point, uh, you don't really have a clue what you're doing yet. Is that the one that like um has like the big spiky demon arm? Yeah, he's in the demo. Like I beat yeah. him in the demo and was so glad I didn't have because the demo carries over your save progress. So like, ah. play, and the demo is free on all platforms. Also, we didn't mention this, but I have it on PS5. But Will Longfall Dynasty is available on Game Pass for both Xbox and PC users. So like, you don't have to spend the. Uh, it was only sixty dollars on PS5 as opposed to most games, which are seventy dollars right now. So I was right. kind of cool with that. But yeah, it yeah. is it is available for Game Pass users. And if you have Game Pass and you have enjoyed Neo or Sekiro or even, like I said, Mortal Shell, it's worth checking out. Yeah, I will say I like this one over Sekiro. Sekiro, I just had way too much trouble with that game, too. I guarantee if you play this more and then you go back to Sekiro, you will have an easier time with it. Yeah, like like I said, I was surprised at how far I've gotten through on stage four or five and it's been like multiple bosses so right. Ubu was probably like the fifth boss or the sixth boss and i've i've heard from uh other podcasts that the game itself to get through they beat me about 25 hours and i think i'm six hours in so it just depends on whether or not i get through lubu and i don't even know if lubu is like a boss that you have to fight or if he's like some secret fight uh i don't think he's secret but there might be a way to avoid him yeah because that's what people because i've heard people say did you beat the game, but did you be, did you beat Lubu? Like it's a big thing, and that's why I was right. I I just opened the door, and the, well, I knew already at the beginning of the stage because I, I like I said, I already had a pre notion like watch out for this guy, and then it, it popped up on the screen, and he said he was Lubu, and I was like, oh, he's in this area somewhere, and then mm-hmm. like I defeated everything, I couldn't figure out where the where to go anymore, so I opened the door, and it triggered a cutscene, and then of course it was Lubu, and I was like, oh great, I'm screwed. <laughs> This may be where I put down the controller. What one thing that always surprised me is Lubu is he he's a consummate warrior. He he's got pride in himself. Like he's he could be a hero, you know, but he's under Duang Zhuo, who is very clearly a villain, you yeah. know. I he, think he is a tyrant. There's, there's a trophy though for swearing an oath with Lubu. So I'm wondering if you beat him if he becomes one of your allies. Uh, he, I think you might be able to do that. I mean, the, every one of the games that have any of these characters in them, they have little tweaks. They change little bits of the story and, you know, little bits about the right. characters here and there. So, uh, that may be the case, you know, you may be able to get them to swear fealty to you. So, yeah. Cause like uh, I said, that's, that's literally one of the trophies is to, excuse me, is to do the swear the oath of him, which basically is that's when they become your ally and they can fight with you. So. But I don't know if that's like if you beat him or if that's if you encounter him a different way without having to fight him. Because yeah, most it, of the bosses up to this point, when you beat him, you kill him. Like, that's yeah, it. They're just In dead. all the Samurai Warrior games, there's almost always a way to encounter a boss outside of their normal encounter. Interesting. Or like sometimes they'll run away and show back up at a later spot. And like if you let them run, you might be able to like recruit them. Or if you catch them before they run you might be able to recruit them so this might be similar in that aspect but it is you know from the neo developers so i don't know you know how they're going to go about it yeah i'm not sure either and that's another one like i said i have neo 2 remastered which i've only ventured like maybe an hour into that so far i was struggling with that one too but now that i'm getting used to this one maybe when i go back to that one i'll do a little better 
this one is by far out of all those like harder games that I've played, which I usually don't even bother with. I'm just like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have the patience for these kind of games anymore, but I'm kind of glad I gave this one a shot. I really think uh, Elden Ring kind of opened that door for you more because you yeah, played did. these games before, but like, I feel like you really got somewhere farther along in that, you know? Yeah. And that's so. how I feel about Woe Long. I've gotten the farthest out of any of these. Like I've gotten farther in Woe Long at this point than I even did in like Dark Souls Remastered whenever I tried it. Right. Because I've gotten right. through like four or five bosses and I'm like, okay, each, each boss I take down, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm actually doing decent. I'm actually getting somewhere in this. And then I'm like, I got to keep playing now. <laughs> I want to well, see what the area the... looks like the stages it gives you built-in like checkpoints so like in a dark right. souls game if you missed a bonfire you know you have to make your whole way back it is punishing in that way you know yeah. where with these stages okay i died i start at that boss you know oh i died here i start at yeah there's this usually fight. well it's it kind of is like a bonfire in a way is this big battle battle flag Mm-hmm. There's like the little mini ones, and those will increase your fortitude. They're just small ones. They don't do anything except increase your fortitude. So it's good to, to hit all those. But then there's the big ones, and usually before you do one of those, you're fighting like like one of those big, like unique guys that's like a higher morale. And then whenever you plant one of those in that direct area, no enemies show up there. So it's kind of like now, you're taking over the map. You turned off the online mode, right? I did, but not at first. I didn't okay. even know there was did, an online mode at first. Did you avenge anyone? Yeah, I can still do that. I just okay. It doesn't I, turn off the online completely. It only turns off invasions, and I didn't want to okay. be because I thought I was being invaded by other players, and then later realized I was just being invaded by the computer. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I was like, I struggled with just the computer. I don't want to be invaded by other players until I feel like my skill set is really on point. No, I understand. I I think being able to turn off other players invading you is necessary in those games yeah but i do really enjoy the whole like uh you avenge somebody mechanic so like if you defeat an enemy that had killed a player in their game you might get a notification you have avenged so and so yeah what it does also is it um if somebody dies in their game like little flags are like wherever they die Mm -hmm. And you go up to them and it says blah, blah, blah. And then it says like what what morale level they were and what the enemy was that killed them. And then you right. can offer a use of your dragon pot. And that will also increase your morale. Okay. So like I've had ones where I was like, I was like a, where I was like a three. And I gave one of those, those pots and it freaking shot up to like morale like 10 or 15. So like yeah. it just depends, which is kind of cool. But now, granted, you're losing one of your healing potions by doing that because your dragon True. pot is your healing, and mine only has six right now. I found these different. It's kind of like an Elden Ring where you find like the golden seeds or whatever, and they increase the amount of uses. Mm-hmm. You find those things in the something that's similar to that. They're called like dragon veins, I think is what they're called. And whenever like you use that. one of those, it increases how many. And then there's another dragon thing that increases how much it heals you. Right which is cool. Yeah, I'm a... I like that quasi connectivity with other players where you're, you're influencing their world in a way, but not like, you know, I, I like that. Cause it feels alive, you know, more. And then being able to see like, Oh, okay. Hey, someone here was struggling with this morale and everything. Okay. I'm, 
doing better than that. my morale's higher or you know right you kind of get a benchmark from those flags it just i think it's a neat little thing i i like having some connection to other players you know yeah it's something did happen to me early on which i think was the other reason that i turned it off because i was like i'm doing good and then like i went to one of those reinforcement screens to uh summon one of the allies and for whatever reason, at the time, I summoned in another player instead of one of the allies. And I had no idea how I did ah. it. So I just had a random person like trying to fight with me. And I just embarrassed myself because they were distracting when I was trying to fight. So I just got slaughtered. And I was like, yeah, I'm turning this off. I don't want to embarrass myself anymore. And that's, of course, right when you feel confident. You're like, I'm doing really good. I've got this far. And then you have someone else in the game and you're just destroyed. Yeah, no, I understand. And though I know they like they showed up when they first loaded in and said, whatever their name was has uh joined your battle and i was down whenever they joined me so i had to wait like i was about to die by the time they even got to me so wherever they spawned in it didn't spawn directly on top of me i think they had to find me where i was at oh, to offer okay. the aid to get me up and then i like aided them and then like yeah after that when i died it disconnects automatically but i do think that's kind of cool because you could play the entire game in co-op if you choose to. And there was a lot of parts where I was like, man, I wish I had Asher with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I actually said that out loud that I wish I had Asher play <laughs> along with me. I might have to uh, give it a shot. See, uh, see what I think of it. So I think you'll enjoy it. It's ter- in terms of like graphic wise, it's stunning. Like some locations are really gorgeous with the co-op. Is it uh cross platform that I do not know? Okay. Okay. Cause... If it is, that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, because more games need to do that. You know, cross-platform needs to be a thing. So Nope, it's cross-generation, but not cross-platform. Yeah, not surprised. I mean, granted, you play on what, PC? Yeah, well, it would be PC or Xbox, which if there was cross-play, it would be those two, because Sony doesn't want to yeah, ever play it. So. And if I got the game, if I ever get Game Pass Ultimate again, I would get the PC Game Pass so I could still technically play with you. But I'd have to start over, and I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> After how far I've come, I don't know if I want to do that. But yeah, that was the biggest one, was that first guy was the problem for me, and then uh, and then Lubu. Lubu has just been the death of me. Understandable. Yeah, but uh, we're already almost at our hour. <laughs> we didn't you didn't get to talk about your Elden Ring lore implications, and I didn't get to tell my story that I said I was going to tell about oh, something I mean, going on in my real life recently. We we can do a little longer of an episode if I mean, you're up for it. That's fine by me as long as I don't hear like my grandfather get up and knock on the door or something. No, I understand. That, but yeah, I think we're we're coming up on the hour there. Uh, why don't you? Uh, do you want to tell your story and then I'll, I'll finish up with some Elden Lore stuff? Sure. Uh, recently, well. Today, really, I had to kind of get back up into our attic. This is where it gets kind of funny. There was like a while there, I guess for like a couple months straight, where like I kept just hearing noises every now and again. Like, and I always thought it was like on the roof or something. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then every now and again, I would go into the bathroom after doing the business and flush the toilet. And I would just hear. And I thought it was the freaking like, I thought it was in the pipes. Cause it was just kind of drone on and I was like, what the heck is going, what is this noise? I couldn't figure it out. So finally the other day I decided to go up into the attic and mm-hmm. found out that two of our windows busted out and a freaking pigeon had been making its home in our freaking attic and crapped oh, over everything. God. Like our entire attic is covered in pigeon coop, like turds everywhere. Like it's just a disgusting mess. 
So I chased it out. That's why I thought it was funny was I was always wondering what the noise was. It was a freaking pigeon <laughs> living okay. in her attic. Luckily, it wasn't like a bat or like something even worse. I don't know. So Pigeons like, are pretty bad. Yeah, they're disgusting. So like, obviously, you wear masks and like stuff to try it. I haven't cleaned it yet because it's just right. the whole attic is disgusting and we rarely ever go up there. But like the first time I found some wood that was up in the attic and I just placed it in the window, I was like, oh, this should stop it. Now, that thing just smacked into whatever I put there and just crashed right back through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. I heard the loud crash the one day. So today I went up there and uh, I lined up all the wood and I screwed it with like a, a drill gun or whatever, screwed it directly into <laughs> the wall. So if this thing smacks into that, it's knocking itself out. It's not getting back through. Right, right. Unless it breaks the one other window that still has glass in it that's on that section of the attic. But yeah, that was that was Tony's <laughs> and it was funny because like I, I went up there and the first time, I, like I said, the first time I went up there, I didn't know what was up there. So I went up there and I just saw it flying like at my face. And I was just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> my wife was just like, are you all right? I was like, there's a freaking pigeon up here. <laughs> I was just glad it wasn't something more terrifying. Like at least with a pigeon, I could kind of scare it and it just flew out the window. Yeah. I mean, but then. I, I agree with Jess there. Like that is not something you want. You know, you do not want a pigeon because they do, they make a huge mess. Like if you had a raccoon up there, that would probably be more dangerous for you to try yeah. to get it out of there. But I don't think it would make quite the mess of yeah, just, I mean, droppings everywhere. Yeah. We have a bunch of stuff up there too, because we used to use the attic uh, when we lived here, we used to kind of use it as like a hangout space. So like mm -hmm. I used to have like a mini TV up there with like a little plug and play system plugged into it. And like I have an ex exercise equipment up there and like everything is just covered in yeah. crap. So that thing has been up there for a long time. And then the entire section in front of the, in front of the like window on the floor, like there was even a door in front of that window. And somehow that thing smacked the door backwards, an entire <laughs> door. So <laughs> unless, the, unless maybe like we had like a bad storm or something and the wind pushed the door loose enough for it to kind of, yeah, that could have been a one window that my grandfather stopped started repairing like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But then he looked like he was going to like have a heart attack or pass out. So we just told him to go downstairs and then I forgot about it. So I never got around to like putting anything in the way. So that thing has probably been up there for a while now, judging from how much crap and feathers and everything. And I'm glad it was just one pigeon and not like multiple as well. Right, right. Have but, a bird scenario up there. Yeah. Today I went up there and I was like, get out of here. And it like flew out the window and then tried to fly back in the window and that scared, like it, fl it flew out and then flew back like towards me and it saw me and flew out again and it tried to fly back again. <laughs> it did it like two times before it finally just like buzzed off. Like it was, it was immediately trying to fly back in and it saw me there and just like startled. I was like, pigeons are kind of cute. They're disgusting. Like I know they're disgusting. They look cute, but man, are they stupid? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yes, thanks for joining. Absolutely. We appreciate having you. But yeah, I tried so... to make words there, but I failed. <laughs> You're good. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good, uh, have a good stream. Yeah, that's kind of how it went. It just kind of flew in and out, and then now it's all, it's all pretty thick, pretty thick like shelf wood that I've drilled into the the wall up there. So that thing should not be getting back in anytime good, soon. Good. But yeah, that was the story. Just imagine you just flush the toilet and you hear something that doesn't sound like a toilet flushing. You're like, what the heck is that noise? I thought it was coming like within the walls or maybe like outside the bathroom window because there's a bathroom well, window um, right there. We, we don't know. Maybe you've got a novelty toilet. You know, people used to have those duck phones back in the oh, day yeah. that would quack. <laughs> you, you have a pigeon toilet that coos when you flush it. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, <laughs> I have not named the pigeon. Hopefully the pigeon does not like 
I got. I just have this weird feeling it's gonna try to come back, and it's just gonna like knock itself unconscious and just like fall to the ground somewhere and be dead outside. Because if it made Probably. its home there and it's that stubborn to keep coming back, then it's uh. I thought I already heard it bang into something earlier today after I drilled everything in the wall. I thought I heard it, it snap. Honestly, it probably did. So you you might have to check. Yeah, I feel throughout I mean, the it, week. I feel I just feel kind of bad for it. I was like, I don't want it to die. I just wanted to move on somewhere else away from our attic. Just build a birdhouse and hang it up uh, off the attic roof. Yeah, or build like a coop and then just like leave it in there. Yeah, there you go. Because that's where they put them, <laughs> isn't it? In the cities, they put the coops on like the rooftops. Uh, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I've heard that, like, way back when they ate pigeons, which I don't know why you would ever eat that. Plentiful. I mean, it sounds... as They're ridden with disease now, so it probably wouldn't be safe to eat a pigeon anymore, especially the city pigeons. But it's funny, because we used to have a pigeon that would just kind of perch outside our bedroom window, because we have a bedroom window that's, like, right at our bed. Okay. And, like, back in the day, we used to just kind of open the blinds and there'd just be a pigeon sitting there on the window. <laughs> and we were like, oh, there's our pigeon friend. And it was, like, a long time where where it was just gone. We didn't see it anymore, and now... It could be the same pigeon for all I know. That would so, be wild if it was. It just came back. It was just living in our attic the whole time. It was like, you guys are good friends. I like you. I'm just going to live here now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we've fantastic. had all sorts of animals around here. We had skunks. I don't, The one day I was like mesmerized because I was like, man, that's a big skunk in the driveway. And I was like standing kind of like just watching it. And my wife was like, get in here, get in here. Because it just started running towards me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like you still. You stared at it too long and you angered it. Yeah, I don't know if it was angry or if it was just being playful, to be honest. It didn't seem angry, but it just started. I don't even know if it knew I was there. But yeah, it started running and I was like, oh man, I'm getting out of here. And That's then there wild. was there was one night we were outside on the porch and my grandfather was talking to a friend and we just heard something chomping. Like you just heard. Oh. So there was some kind of animal out there eating something. Right. And uh, we had groundhogs under our shed. Eventually they just moved on. I don't know what happened to them. I've got a rabbit under my shed right now. I yeah, we've had it. rabbits out there because my grandfather used to feed the rabbits. Pennsylvania is just crazy. For a long time, we were hearing a cat like just meowing in like the middle of the night, like some hmm. stray cat, which is kind of depressing. I haven't heard that in a while. So either somebody hit it with because I saw a dead cat on the side of the road, and I was like, oh, maybe a car hit it or something, or maybe somebody. Well, hopefully, it wasn't that one, and somebody took it in. But yeah, that's a bummer. Either way, so. Yeah, up up on my workplace, they had to call like one of the people to come and get the cats because there there was like people were just dropping their freaking cats off when they left, which is like disgusting to me. And so there was just an infestation of cats everywhere, and then some people were feeding them, and they had to get them out of there. So it was like if you caught feeding the cats, you like get fined. (laughs) I understandable. Yep. So groundhogs, cats, rabbits, pigeons, skunks, everything's coming at me. (laughs) You got a whole menagerie. I almost have a mini zoo where yeah, I just catch yeah. them all and start like having people pay to come see them. If you're not well, careful, skunk, you'll end up on the get... weird nose. Yeah, I might. <laughs> Pennsylvania man has mini zoo in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. Pennsylvania's yeah. got a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, so that was my story. Yeah, so I, I guess that we'll... is wild. So what we were talking about with the Elden Ring was that Elden Ring announced Secrets of the Erd Tree, a new expansion DLC that they're working on. And you said that there was some more implications. Now so I... you said secrets and I don't I, I'm not correcting you to correct you, but I think that if it was Secrets of the Erd Tree, people would have less, you know, wild 
stuff to go off of because it's called Shadow oh, of Shadows the Bird Tree. <laughs> there I go screwing up already. But no, fine. that's okay. Um, and the only reason why that's significant is because there are two characters in the game that are referred to as shadows. So Empyreans like um, Merica or uh, Ronnie, who are beings that could empower or not empower, uh, they can embody the Elden Ring. They are given shadows or protectors. Uh, America's uh, shadow is um, Malaketh, the Black Blade. Uh, Ronnie's is Blyde, uh, the Half Wolf Man. Yeah, I never. You, I remember meeting him. Yeah, you you meet him pretty early on, and he kind of guides you through a handful of you know quests and stuff. But so first thing people immediately went to is oh shadow of the earth tree oh uh earth tree shadow who 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 else is an empyrean well um um millennia and Michaela would be you know candidates to be a empyrean so they could theoretically have shadows right but millennia was always Michaela's defender you know she's the uh unbroken blade you know, she's never known defeat kind of thing, right? Interesting. That's so, the one boss that most people have the biggest struggle with yeah, in the game, right? Yeah, she's the, the goddess of rot. I never which, got that far. I never even uh, got to the fire giant because I couldn't get through the capital. That was when I quit. And now, so, like, I will note, I did, after I got into uh, World Long, I did buy Elden Ring again on my PS5 since, oh, nobody knows this, Tony Z had to get rid of his Xbox Series S because it kept overheating really bad. So I just decided to get rid of it. And eventually I'll get the Series X and then I'll be fine. But yeah, that thing was, it was on its last limb, I guess. And right. I mean, I mean, I had to, I just decided to get rid of it. So, yeah, so I bought it again on PS5 and like started from scratch and was like, oh, this is fun starting out in ring from scratch, <laughs> from scratch. But uh, with a little bit of experience I had with Wolong, I kind of flew through the first area pretty quick. Like I got through Margot, Margot, oh, yeah. right? The first spot on like the yeah. first try. Morgot. Yeah, I got through him on the first try this time. I was like, holy crap, I just like slaughtered that band. Like, it was just nothing to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that did not happen the first time I played Elden Ring. Well, that's the thing with all these games. When you play more and more of them, you get those mechanics and that timing and everything down. It's like uh, sports games or racing games. Right. You get used to playing them and you get, you know, that feel for them, which is why I don't play racing games because uh, I only know go fast and crash those that are my only like two maneuvers so <laughs> i do play the forts the forts well when i had the xbox i played the forza horizon ones mm -hmm. but that was just that was even less for the racing and more for just the exploring the open world of it with my car okay. and like finding all the different like jump off points and stuff because i thought that stuff was cool that Which is pretty cool is, yeah those are like different than most normal racing games because they do have the racing stuff but then like i said you have other stuff you can do like smashing billboards or going off those crazy jumps and like getting right. stuff like that or doing like the speed zones. And yeah, so those ones are like more by style. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. So shadow, uh, the earth tree, the whole thing with the Empyreans is um, they can take the influence of the outer gods, which the Elden ring is the like, the laws of the world it's basically right. the code the world's built on and the three or the two fingers is that outer being that's influencing the elden ring you know okay it's so 
the Empyreans can be influenced by the outer gods, which is where there's talk of others like the Glomide Queen, or mm-hmm. in the case of um, uh, Moog. Moog is trying to get the influence of the formless mother, but Moog isn't an Empyrean. That's why Moog went to the Halig tree and stole Mikella's body from inside the tree. Well, Mikella is technically slumbering. Right. And then is trying to uh, basically make it a host body. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make it a host body for the formless mother. And, you know, so he can be, you know, a Lord consort. He can basically be an Elden Lord to this outer being. Right. So there's a lot of people that immediately think, okay, this is going to have something to do with uh, Mikola, which maybe um, Mikola is kind of an untapped resource in the game, but there's also a ton of other ideas that could go along with that. Um, and I don't know that how much more of the story can continue on with Mikola because you've already defeated millennia who has also been influenced by an outer God. That's the whole uh, aspect of rot because um, all the pests, the like shrimp looking dudes in Caled that shoot like the webs at you. um, They are um, servants of the rot, but they worshiped rot before millennia was around. Oh yeah. Rot Stewart. We went over this. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We went over this on Elder Ring Lore episode. Um, so, you know, um, and then she was supposed to become the embodiment of the, the goddess of rot on her third blooming. The first time she bloomed into a scarlet Aeonia was fighting Radon. The second time, no, the first time was shoot. I Uh-oh. think the third <laughs> time was with you, but either way, or, right. uh, maybe you stopped it, but you know, she blooms well, fighting Radon <laughs> and then she blooms after you defeat her. Um, I'm talking, I'm assuming you're talking about your character. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, your, cause last character. time I checked, I didn't defeat anybody, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of going off into lore weeds there. Um, so my I mean, that's that's what we're thinking all with the, the shadow of the earth tree is that, no matter what ending you go with, one of the steps after you defeat the fire giant is that you get the flame of the giant's forge and you take right. it back and you burn the Erd tree. Yeah. I so, remember I remember you talking about that on one of I think one of our other lore episodes as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you burn the Erd tree, it completely changes Landell. It's covered in ash, right? But it's not the only place that's been changed because while you can see the moon, there, as far as I know, are no suns in the lands between. Hmm. The light all comes from the Erd tree. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like an endless night situation now. That's what I'm thinking. And that could be the shadows. Right, right. Okay, I follow Which, now. endless night, that comes down to the underground areas, Noxtella, the city of night. Right. Did you go through? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I made whole... it. I didn't. Is that the one you talked about where you have to go through that crazy platforming to get there? Uh, that you hated. Yes, yes. That, yeah, I never is, got that far. So that that's after the Radon Festival smashes through. And that's when you get to like Noxtella proper. Uh, but they're like the uh, the uh, women there down there were like riding the ants. I think they're called uh, Sisters of the Night or Night Maidens. Yes, yeah, I never um, got that far. Yeah, so I might not. I, think, have, I might have just been because I never went back to that section. 
Uh, could be. And if you're not watching after you defeat Radon, you don't see where the star falls. There's yeah. now actually a marker that shows up on your map, if I remember correctly, to say, hey, go here, you know? Yeah, I did see that. I just can't remember if I actually went. I might have went there, but like it, never it, did anything. It looks wild. It. And unless you find the right spot to start going down, it's just a death trap. You just That's fall probably down. what happened to me. <laughs> so, uh, but my thinking is that we're going to be going that route with more of the Noxtella stuff or the other way is that with the Erd tree weakened and burned because it's not completely gone you know there's still right. a bit of grace because the grace from the Erd tree is what keeps bringing you back to life um, interesting the other thing is at the base of the Erd tree is Godwin Godwin is the one that this all started with Godwin the Golden uh, he okay. was the one that was slain on the uh, Night of the Black Knives, where his spirit was killed, but not his body. They did that at the same time as Ronnie, or not Ronnie, uh, yeah, Ronnie, her body was killed, but not her spirit. That's why say, she inhabits the doll. The body would die, but not the spirit. But in his case, it was the opposite. Right. It has to do with the black knife marks and, you know, the fact that she has a fragment of the uh, Rune of Death, which she broke off from Malekith's sword. Um, which is why Malekith has been banished uh, away from uh, America because she fa he failed her and he hides the remaining rune of death which is in his sword um, but I think that Godwin being underneath the Erd tree who has become this like lord of undeath he's the reason why the skeletons are all coming up uh, the, okay the, the, they're called uh those who live in death. Uh, there's a character that is a tarnish that is trying to bring uh, Godwin back to power. Fia, the deathbed companion. Oh, yes, so, I remember her. Yeah, the everybody does because like, they take the hugs. Yeah, you take the yep. hugs from her. So she uh, kills um, D, the guy in the twin silver and gold armor. Okay, I'm not sure and, if I remember him, but. He, his armor's weird because it's like holding a head with an arm that's like coming out of the armor. Oh, uh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very different. Uh, but his whole thing is about, you know, defeating all those who live in death, you know, which are these undead beings. Right. But they're like Godwin's children almost at this point, you know. It's not that they necessarily chose this, um, but Godwin's body is sprouting these death roots when you get death blighted you know this like black like plant oh, yeah. vine thing comes up I out of you by that a lot. yeah that's that's godwin uh that's the death blight coming out of him and you collect death root and you feed them to uh the the beast clergyman and this and that but underneath the earth tree you can fight fia sort of she summons her companions all of hmm. her companions are people that have died but she's also embraced because she oh, steals life essence from people and she gives it to who she lays with. That's what, hence the deathbed companion. She lays with oh, the corpse and infuses their body with the energy she's stolen from others. So she's trying to infuse Godwin and help his body come more into like livelihood again, you know? So that's why she's hugging you essentially then. Yeah, take she's your life sapping. essence and try and give it to him. 
Yep. And that's why you get the 5% health debuff. But that's also why she can summon these like uh, people that have passed, like um, uh, Roger, the like uh, wizard you meet in Storm. What a plain uh, name. <laughs> Roger. Yeah. Uh, you meet him in Stormvale Castle. Uh, he dies to the death blight, but he fights you at this Fia uh, encounter because, you know, they've embraced. Right. As well as a handful of others like Lionel. Um but I think that it's going to have something to do with Godwin. So either Noxtell is going to be the big deal or Godwin's going to be the big deal with this expansion. Or both. Maybe both. True. True. No, no, because if they want to they, do it, big it could enough. be big. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have one that's kind of way off in the weeds. I don't think this is going to be it, but I think it could be really cool. Okay. Because... So this is a, if the journey's canon moment for Elder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you play these games, they have multiple endings, but there's always one ending that's the canon ending, especially right. with the Dark Souls, because there's one, two, and three. They are a continuation without being direct, like, lineage of each other, right? When you pick the Three Fingers ending, when you go with Shibrari and you let the madness, like, take over you, right? You burn everything. Like... Hmm the end of the game everything is in flames everything is ruined everything is dark so it could tie into that too then yes and millennia or uh melina the one that gives you torrent at the beginning and then is yep. your like she acts as your maiden um she is hunting you her mm. eye has changed color uh and uh she's like just ragged looking and she's wielding um a similar knife as to what the black knives have and like you get a cutscene after the ending cutscene that is her like i am coming for you you will know no rest so that could I be the expansion you. too yes and that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking that the three fingers ending is the going to be the canon ending for the game and that this dlc will continue on with that whole story and you might even have to fight millennia or molina at some point that'd be interesting if they did like an invasion mechanic with her and she just spawned randomly throughout the game because it says you will know no rest right so like you defeat her but she'll keep coming back at random parts they yeah, could probably yeah. pull that off they, they could because they already have the invasion mechanic with npcs you right. know at various points anyways with um uh like narius and the other bloody finger characters yeah that's what i was thinking they so, could have her just constantly stalking you almost like a horror game mechanic just constantly showing up and you least expect it yep yep uh i think that one's the least likely because i think that one takes the most of a leap of faith for them because i think that's the one the fan base will be most thrown by because nobody seems to ever enjoy whatever the developers say is the canon ending you know oh really uh yeah, through all like all the history of like Mass Effects and um, Fallout's and all that, every time they're like, "Well, this is this is how this story ended." Doesn't matter which ending you picked, this is the one that we continue our our world off of. People are always up in arms. Yeah, so uh, I think it's most likely going to be um, Godwin. Right, Noxtella is my like very very close runner up, and the three fingers burn it all ending is like my shot in the dark but if if i get this called shot oh i'm gonna gloat about it oh you should on the podcast be like hey i told yeah. you first yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you infinite guys journeys first infinite journey says it first 
Yeah, there, there's all these lore experts out there on YouTube that get these, you know, 400,000, a million, you know, views within like two days of their video going up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, guys, yeah, they, they know what they're talking about. But, you know, some of us were, were talking about this stuff way before they put those videos out six months after the game came out, you know? Right. So uh, just just because somebody has been an established lore head, um doesn't well, mean they're the only lore head. Say, you know? Hopefully that'll be us soon, so don't go too far. Into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bagging on anybody. But like right. sometimes people think that there's just there. There can only be one one horse in the race. You know. Yeah, I kind of disagree so. with that too. Because like we do lore, but I still listen to other lore podcasts. Oh yeah, like, and and that's the thing with like especially with uh, FromSoft. Their stuff is very open ended and they don't come out and say, well, you know what? It's actually this, you know? It's yeah, not so like... it leaves a lot up to interpretation, which we discussed on the earlier Elder right. episodes. Right. It's like uh, with like Warhammer 40K, there's stuff that's just concrete. This is how this is, you know? But then there's other stuff like, hey, what happened with uh, this Legion? Oh, we don't talk about that. All their information has been redacted. Right. Well, there's all kinds of speculation and stuff, but Games Workshop is never going to come out and tell you what happened with those legions because they're not going to do it. Like the, it, it's it's a space for them to have their own little secret and for us to speculate about. Same with, you know, some of the lost primarchs. So, oh my God, I can go into a whole. Well, I, could probably I gotta imagine that's so many future, 40k episodes. I was gonna say it's probably a future lore topic. Just like with me with Diablo, you'll probably be a Warhammer 40k one at some point. Yeah. Oh God. Um. When I was on with Rocky, I was like, "Well, I could talk about this, this, or this." And he's like, "Man, I'm really curious about 40k stuff." And I'm like, "You, you make some coffee. We could go." And he's <laughs> like, "I want to, but I also want to do this vampire one." And I was like, "Right. Okay, I can do that." So nice. You know. While we're nearing the end here, before we get off, I forgot to mention something else I played. Okay. And it's one of the games that were on my most anticipated games. Recently released a little demo. Oh. Resident Evil 4 Remake dropped the Chainsaw demo. Oh, So I got to yes. play around with that the other day. I've and, heard this uh, is really good. It is really good. Like, it's it's exactly what I figured it was. It's basically, I don't, I don't know how much, like, because there could be stuff that happens before that. That they didn't show because they never show everything, obviously, in the demo. Right. Uh, my demo playthrough was like twenty minutes before the demo before I like finished the demo. But yeah, there was it was like the nostalgia of the original Resident Evil Four playing that back in the day because I loved it so much. But mm-hmm. mixed with like the modern controls and like way more better, like creepier graphic styles of the enemies and the it was oh, a yeah. really a really cool experience. And anybody who's played the Resident Evil Four. If it's called Chainsaw Demo, you pretty much know what the scene is. It's like the, one of the the earliest parts of the game where you encounter, you get into the village section, and you basically have to just survive. Right. And that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like the build-up. I like that they included some of the original one-liners from the game. I like that uh, even though the original the original house that you start in in Resident Evil 4 is like just a small like two-story house. It takes like two seconds to go through it. But mm. in this remake, it's like bigger, like way bigger. Like, there's several yes. rooms, and you kind of... I thought that was cool. I like that uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake from the demo is now also including almost a stealthy more approach where you can kind of crouch and hide. Well, that's the thing. They have all these chances to improve upon their game without changing it too much, like making yeah. that house a little bigger, adding some new mechanics that can enhance the game 
without you know really messing with it yeah it's uh, basically me. where it feels different but the same is kind of definitely the approach that he went where it feels different but the same they're not ruining like i said he's still he's a little more serious this time but he still cracks the one-liners like right whenever, like the the same one-liner of like whenever uh you uh, sir you survive that part where you're just trying to survive and like the, the all the village people are coming after you and then the chainsaw guy shows up and like after a certain amount of time the bell rings and then they all just kind of ignore you and go into the church and he cracks mm-hmm. a little one-liner where's everybody going bingo right like uh, that same <laughs> one-liners in there and i was just like i'm glad that they still kept that in because the cheese factor was kind of a key point of why people love resident before to begin with right right there was that little bit of cheese factor in it but yeah i only like i said i got 20 minutes I've seen other people on YouTube defeat the chainsaw guy. I did not defeat the chainsaw guy. I just ran for my life. I didn't even try. I just ran. I tried to like stealthily sneak up on this one lady and then she like immediately turned around and then I got seen right away. Mm-hmm. So my entire chainsaw demo of like probably, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe of the demo is just, oh no, oh no, just me screaming and running for my life and like, there was one part where somebody grabbed me and the chainsaw guy was like coming at me with the chainsaw and I was like, no, and I broke out the last second. Yeah, it was very intense. I think that's the perfect demo because it's it's enough gameplay to get you excited. You know, yep. you were having a good time. You were you were loving it, but it's not enough to make you feel like you played the game and you're good. You know, I've played right. demos where I've gotten a couple hours out of the game and I'm like, I don't need to buy the game now. I've gotten what I wanted out of it, you know? Yeah, so. there's some there was some game one time where it was a demo and it was like it was like six hours or something. You could play like up to six hours. That was like, what the heck? It was <laughs> it's the longest demo. Now, like uh next week, they're doing the uh the private beta for Diablo 4. If you okay. uh, if you pre-order Diablo 4, you can play the like the I don't know what it is, open access. Well, I guess it's not open. The open beta is the following week. So the the 17th through the 19th is like the closed beta. And they're letting you play the entire first act. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Game, which I guarantee I will be doing because I love Diablo and I can't wait until June to play the... So Honestly, play. that would be all I would need. So that would kind of... I, I don't think it would hook me enough to want to play more because yeah. the first act would be long enough for me. Yeah, uh, no, for me, of... I'm a Diablo fan and I play all of them to the end. So like, obviously... <laughs> And I, what I'll do is I'll pick a character or one of the classes, play the entire first act in the in the beta with that, and then mm-hmm. when the game comes out, I'll probably choose a different a different class and like okay. play whatever there is. But yeah, the the closed beta is like I think it's the barbarian, the rogue, and the sorcerer maybe, and then uh, the open beta. Then they throw in the druid and the necromancer, and you can play as all five. I don't know. It should have been you play as all five in the closed beta, and then like you're limited on the open beta. But they're doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So even if yeah, you don't pre-order, if you wait until like the twenty, well, I probably won't be playing the open beta because that's the the Resident Evil Four remake officially comes out on the twenty fourth, and that's when the open beta will be. So <laughs> I won't be on that. I'll be on Resident Evil Four remake, which is why I'm going to play the. Next week on the show, I'll be talking about the beta, probably. No, whatever I'm allowed. Speaking of betas and opens and everything, um, we got tagged about a play test for a game, which I did play Crap. some. No, I didn't play it yet. I forgot about it. The Devil's well, Island. Do you want me to talk about it? Sure, go ahead. I mean, we'll finish out the show with this. 
I didn't tell them that I was going to talk about it on the show. So, <laughs> so well, I, I went and checked because I was curious. And they tag. I stopped counting over 300 people that they tagged with this. So, okay, I was like, so All that right. wasn't just like a you guys are special. That was a just tweet random people and see. Well, yeah, they, they seemed like they were hitting everybody because I, I went into it very open minded. Um, I played it for 17 minutes. That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried. The first thing that I had trouble with is that there were no prompts. So when it was like, hey, find a weapon. I'm like, okay, great. I found a weapon. How do I equip it? How do I open my menu? Oh, geez. I hate that. Yeah. So I had to figure it out. You know, I couldn't even figure it out at first. So I'm just exploring, dying. You know, wolves are killing me, whatever. I don't understand the mechanics of the game. I don't know how to fight. Uh, Actually, I'm jumping way ahead. This is a zombie survival game. You're on an an island, the Devil Island, and you're supposed to be surviving in this like zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Like a seven Um, days to die kind of situation. Yeah. I think is what they were trying to. Wolves and stuff. And I I was looking like they just recently had put out a tweet saying, hey, we fixed the wolf, you know, mechanics. So uh, they shouldn't just murder you as much anymore. Uh, I never fought wolves that I couldn't glitch through a wall or like their mechanics because they just destroyed me so i avoided them um so not having prompts to know like oh i can open my inventory i have an inventory you know was difficult the save points were like these gems and you would click on them and the pop-up was very playstation now playstation 2 it was very playstation looking okay fine you know one it's a play test this could not be a finished product Two, well it's clearly not yeah it's a play test. It, yeah it didn't it didn't feel too out of place with the rest of the game right it, it it just needed like some maybe some border jazz or something but they didn't work oh none geez. of the save points worked. so every time i died i lost all of my progress oh I yeah they definitely need to work on that then right so that was a bit of a struggle um the combat seems okay uh it was it it, it was hard to you know trade with an enemy without getting the worst end of the the deal uh, until i like came up to a zombie fisherman with a spear he's holding it in his right hand so if i circle strafed around to his left side he missed every attack oh problem is i'm playing on mouse and keyboard i'm not great circle strafing if i was doing this on a, a controller i'd have just smoked the guy you know yeah probably um they does it have controller support i think it said partial controller support on i Steam. didn't i didn't try it okay. um i was already struggling with enough things that i didn't even think about that you know right uh it gives me a crafting recipe and says hey you know make this it gives me one of the three things i need to make it and one of the other things i had already had so i have my pipe that's my weapon it gives me a blade but i can't attach it so it gives me a way to make an axe but not all of the stuff, you know? Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, there's like berries and stuff I can pick up, which I only found out because I just happened to mouse over one and I realized that it was interactable. But half of the food I find, because you had like three meters, half of right. the food would damage my overall health, but it would feel like my hunger. And I'm like, well, right now I'm dying oh, to health damage. So almost nothing I was finding was useful. Right. Um there was the the combat the like the like back and forth like when you hit something it didn't feel substantial 
And that's hard okay. to pull off in games sometimes. You usually need to get the audio scape. But again, playtest, this is really early. So they it have... could be one person trying to make this game too. We should keep that Absolutely. in mind. I don't know anything about the the person that sent it to us. Right. Uh but it is um it's 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 bones. It's it's the bones of a game, which is a good start. But to ask people to play test it and your save points don't work. Yeah, nah, that's not good. That's 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 a big struggle because I can only get so far. I can only test so many things, you know. Right. Either your game is easy enough that I just blast through it and I never even notice your save points, or I need those save points and I don't have them. So it might be worth looking at, but this is not something that I expect to be playing this year. So, yeah, it, I I got the feelings from from it anyway that it's in the very early stages, and especially after what you just said, it sounds like it's very early stages. Yeah, um, but like I said, it could just be one person. This could be their first ever game too. So that's yeah, that's and a it lot. Could, it could be something like um, uh, there's a, a a granny game where you're like trying to escape. Don't even get me started. I never played that game, but I saw so many people playing it. I was like, why do people like this? Right. It's got that kind of like soundscape and it's, it's got better graphics than that in a lot of ways, but in other ways it's very similar. Right. Or, or uh, hello neighbor. I think it could go the route of one of those two games. If it continues on and it continues refining what it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, but as for right now, if, you know, like I said, you can't be asking for play testers, you know, broad and wide and not have an actual play testable thing, you know? Yeah, it needs to be something you can actually play. You can't really test something if you can't play it. Right, right. So, so that's unfortunate. It, it, if If you were looking at it on Steam, keep an eye on it. But I wouldn't check it every week. I, it's something that I might come back to every like two, three months just to see if it's gotten some. <laughs> Once <money>. a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I said I don't think this is going to be playable this year. Yeah, if so, it's that early. Uh, but yeah, it, it it might be worth keeping an eye on here and there, especially if you like the idea of like like um, a Dead Island from an indie, you know? Right. So, Speaking of, it, Dead Island 2, very soon, April. I, right I around still the think that's a myth. I don't. I don't believe it's ever going to happen. I mean, they haven't changed it yet, but I mean, they haven't. Oh, I guess we talk about a very brief bit of news, real quick. Is that Starfield officially got its next uh, release date, unless it gets mm-hmm. delayed again, which is September sixth, which is the month of my birthday. So hopefully, I will have a new Xbox by then. Otherwise, I'm going to oh, be kind of sad. Because the number of people Starfield. that are all up in arms about, you know, oh, it's you know going to get delayed or this or that or why don't we have it? I'm like, so listen. against that that crowd because yeah, let, let they, them give us a released and finished game yeah they need you know? to and they xbox like doesn't have a lot of games this year they got like redfall and starfield like bethesda has to like kind of nail this for that for xbox right. yeah and and redfall it's it's a bethesda title but it's a totally different thing than you know you normally get this, right. this is your uh this year's Borderlands, basically, it's it's a looter shooter, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, with vampires. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Starfield, it'll be here when it's here, and you'll you're you're either going to end up having it be like Skyrim, where it ends up being released on everything, including your refrigerator, and everybody plays it every you know couple of years again and buys it again and it never stops being re-released yeah. i mean as of right now it's xbox exclusive since they own bethesda 
Yes. But there's a part of me that's hoping it's like a time thing and that it eventually could come to another system. More than likely, I think with this one, unless it has a really struggle, uh, struggling release, that it will be out on everything at some point. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, uh, if it if the Switch hardware can run it, I could see Microsoft letting Switch run it. You know, I mean, Switch put Hogwarts Legacy on there, so true, true. I mean, well, still... a lot of well, things run way better. Like, let me rephrase it. It's not on there yet. That's okay. been delayed as well to like, uh, I don't know, like they don't even know when it's coming out. So I imagine that it may not come out, <laughs> it may not come out on Switch. Oh my God. There was a uh, a 40K game that I was really excited for that came out on PC, but the uh, console version was delayed. Mm. It was 15 months later before the console version came out. That's and at crazy. that point, I was like, I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, you're like, like, I just forgot about it now at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, Yeah. All right. That's, that's that. <laughs> I think that'll do it for this episode of Infinite Journeys. Thank you, Jess from Opinionated Lushes, for uh, joining us in the chat for the time that she stopped by. Thank you to everybody who's watching this either live or later on on YouTube or listening on uh, all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we usually, our host before was Anchor. Now it's Spotify for podcasters. So most of our listeners come from Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, um, I didn't announce this, but I, last week I felt bad for us not recording because my tooth pain had gotten so bad, which I think I had already talked about. I have the surgery coming up. So I uploaded the first episode of our Patreon exclusive show, Once Upon a Throwback. Mm -hmm. I uploaded that uh, Thursday to cover for it. And uh, something cool about the Spotify thing now is that you can actually post either polls or direct questions and anybody listening on Spotify can reply to my questions about episodes. And I, oh, can, like, them and I can read them on future episodes. So I've been doing that. Like on that Once Upon a Throwback, I asked for anybody's like favorite uh, Nintendo Entertainment System memories or like their first memories of the NES and stuff like that. So be prepared. If you listen on Spotify, look for those because I'm going to start posting different questions to uh, get you guys involved in the show. Which Very good. Cool. I'm, I'm always looking for more ways to get our uh, our fans and listeners involved with us. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like the like this, the live stream where they can come by the chat or they can like answer those questions and then we'll read them on the show. Or obviously what would benefit us the most is those reviews on Apple Podcasts, which we still desperately need. We only have like two reviews on there. And if we I know it's like a big thing for the Apple algorithm if you get those reviews on there. Mm -hmm. So uh we've said it before on the podcast, but we don't say it enough. We don't mention that we could use reviews. So if anybody wants to drop a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, let us know. We will definitely read your review on the future show. Yeah. And, your uh, thoughts about the show are as good as gold. And yep. those reviews, just the same, good as gold. Uh, they do so much to help the show with visibility and everything. Uh, so if you've ever thought about letting us know what you think about, you know, what we talk about, uh, let us know anything that you uh, think about the show. Definitely go through, uh, leave us a review and comment and or uh, let us know. The other thing you can do is subscribe to the Patreon for $5 a month. And yep. I do like Q&A things for each episode. I'll post threads or like give you opportunities. I On Patreon uh, ex exclusively, I tell people what the theme of the next episode will be so that mm -hmm. y'all can like directly be like, oh, I have some thoughts on this. Or like say we were doing the Elden Ring. I don't think I announced it this week because I forgot. So I, <laughs> I neglected the Patreon about this episode because it was our first live and I was kind of all like crazy. But like I would have said, oh, we're going to be talking about the Elden Ring Lord DLC or whatever. 
and uh, you guys, if you were a member of the Patreon, could have been like, oh, I have some thoughts or some theories on what this could mean. And then that would have given us more to talk about in the show as well. Or, like, basically, I said earlier, I listened to, like, the Finding Duke and Sacred Symbols. They kind of have a thing like this where they where they do stuff on their Patreon and people will just ask them, like, random questions or, like, bring things up and then they'll talk about it on the show. And that's kind of the vibe I wanted going into this as well. I'm not going to yeah, deny absolutely. that I take my influence from other podcasts that are like no. the best podcasts out there. <laughs> that, that's that's how this stuff all works. Yeah, I was like, and, if you want a community, you got to build it by establishing communication with people. Yeah, and I absolutely. Think that's a, and I thought that was a cool thing that it did. So I was like, I can establish that. And, and like, you know, subscribing to the Patreon is almost like having a, a little Tony Z in your pocket. You know, other people can ask Siri about the weather. You can ask Tony about what we're doing next. You yep. can comment. You can uh, ask questions. You can interact. If you want more Tony Z, if you want more Infinite Journeys, the Patreon's for you. Yep. Or Asher. Like, yes. it doesn't just have to be for me. It could be for Asher, too, like I said. Yeah, absolutely. Or for both of us. Or, yeah, you can be like, hey, I know, like, or if there's, like, a game or something that you see coming out, you want to get our thoughts on it. Anything 100%. like that. I mean, you could do weird, ask weird questions, as long as they're not, like, explicitly inappropriate, because obviously we're not going to do that, but... Anything within reason, I should say. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a dev just hit us up on Twitter about you know their game, and while I don't have an absolutely glowing review for it, I have an honest review. Yeah. And if you're in our Patreon and you say, "Hey, I absolutely want to know your guys' opinion on this game," uh, I'm gonna find a way to get those opinions. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna uh, watch it. I'm yep. gonna do everything I can, and I'm gonna let you know what I think. And you also get well, aside from these live streams. You'll get early access to the video and audio portions of every episode. So, like, these mm -hmm. episodes usually go up on Mondays. Uh, we're still debating. We may move our episode schedules to Thursdays just because I noticed it seemed like we were getting more listens, like, immediately on a Thursday than a Monday. So, we may we may change our day and now. For right now, it's going to stay on Monday just because that's how we're established. And I don't want to throw anybody off. But right. in the future, it could change to Thursday. And if it does then like these episodes will go up on the Patreon like Saturday night or Sunday, whenever we record them. We usually record on Sunday, but tonight I decided to do Saturday. We may start doing Saturdays. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see where we go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you get early access to that unless you're watching live. So you would get like the video and the audio file. And also, of course, access to Once Upon Our Throwback, which is our retro and nostalgia Patreon exclusive show. We have a new episode coming out for that soon. I don't know if we already announced what it was going to be about. Might as well do it now. Um, it's uh, our collectibles, action figures, toys, stuff like that growing up. And I'm going to tell you about my collection of first edition Sobe bottles. Ooh, that'd be cool. Sobe. Sobe? I think I called it Sobe when I was a kid. Sobe, Sobe. They had the, the lizard the, on them? The drink, yep. Oh, yep. yes. <laughs> I could do an yeah. entire episode just on Sobe flavors. Oh, yeah. Because I always got like the pina colada. Okay, look, we're about to do it right now. <laughs> Yep, right yep. this is what happens with you and neil and um the faculty like yep. the or faculty gets mentioned and you two just spin off onto that well that will be a future episode of uh once oh upon a throwback, it will for sure absolutely that's the th that we'll mention that real quick that's the main thing about once upon a throwback is it's everything it's not just gaming like i said we had the nes episode but then we mm -hmm. also had an episode all on goosebumps and then yep. we had an episode with the Opinionated Lushes, which we did release for free because they were guests and we felt it was too big to not release for free. And that was all oh, on 90s cartoons. So we're kind of yep. all over the place. It could be memories from our childhood. It could be collectibles. It could be TV shows or movies. If it's a TV show or movie, 
whenever we do one of those, we will actually watch like the movie. Like we'll both have access to it, whatever movie we choose. We will watch that movie and it'll be more like a review on the movie. Yeah. I thought it's yeah. a good approach for that. But yeah, that'll do it. So uh I guess I'll do it this time, Asher. All right. Um shoot, I don't know what you say to me. I just know. I usually say, say throw it, it away, I... Asher. <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna throw it over to you, Tony. No, I want to throw it back at you now. Now oh, you come on. <laughs> well, just remember, folks, when you're gaming, your journeys are always infinite.